right, happy Monday. Welcome back to Enneagram with Michaela. Guys, I hope you are enjoying listening each week to these different Enneagram types and these wonderful people that I'm interviewing. I am continuing to learn and just be amazed by these individuals and just the wisdom and insight and understanding they bring to their types, which only illuminates their type for me more and I'm sure for your ears as well. And so we are continuing our journey with Brandon, who is a type nine. Brandon, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much, Michaela. I'm glad to be here myself. It is so, so, so fun. Now I know why people love podcasting because as soon as you start start talking (laughs) to people like this, it's awesome. It is a lot of fun. I totally agree. So let's jump in. Tell me a little bit about you and your story and kind of what led you to finding the Enneagram. Right. Um, Man, I'm a pastor's kid, born and raised in the church, Uh, started out in the Nazarene church of all places. And um, man, I just, I spent, uh, let's see, 18 years in the church and then started working for a church when I turned like in a more like a what what would you call it like a heavy volunteer role? Oh yes, oh, <laughs> however yes. that works. And then I was brought on staff for a church at twenty, and then I uh, moved out to the Pacific Northwest. I was living in Phoenix at the time. Moved to the Pacific Northwest, helped plant a church, two thousand nine, and then um, and now. You know, things have transpired as I'm exiting ministry work now. I'm still serving a little bit at random churches here and there, playing music for them. Um, But I I initially had some friends move to Seattle, I want to say like 2015, and they started talking about this thing called the Enneagram. And I was uh, interested in it, but really didn't know much about it. And they were... Um, talking about in their grad grad programs of some sort. And so I just kind of did my own research and started to kind of like, wow, this, that's really interesting little tool here. And um, I started to use it with my volunteers at church and other staff that I had at uh, my my other company. And, and then I thought, you know what? I really like doing this like a whole lot. Like, and I'm sure, you know, like coming alongside somebody and going like helping them solve a problem, understand themselves better and like become a better version of themselves is uh, it's magical in a lot of ways. And so I, I love doing it, but now I've been in the Enneagram world for, let's see, I want to say like six years now seven years now I think nice nice yeah what was your initial reaction to discovering your type oh man like all of the emotions all at the same time (laughs) (laughs) there was like there was anger there was shame there were tears there was you know I, I I know everyone says this but it's like they um read my mail it was it was so wild I was listening to actually um, an Ian Cron typology podcast years ago and like I was like how is this person the same as me this doesn't make any sense and as a nine too it's it's like you discover all of these things about yourself in an instant that you almost didn't really even know like you're so asleep to yourself that all of a sudden like somebody else is speaking things that you didn't even know were inside of you and you're like this is the craziest thing it was so wild it was so wild i was folding laundry and just crying and laughing at the same time it was <laughs> it was insane <laughs> how did it 
sit with being a nine? Did it resonate with a lot of how your life has been um, in in personal life and professional life, and obviously working with um, the church? Did it did it help solidify who you knew you to be at that point? Um, I would say, like, I have had to come to terms with the fact of how long it has taken me to understand like how much truth is in the Enneagram for me as a nine and in other nines that I have coached. Um, it's like, there's this blind self-confidence of like, Oh yeah, no, I get it. But really you, you just don't. And so it, it, it took years to, to get to that point, but the avoidance of conflict obviously is so prevalent and it has been the thing that has opened my eyes to myself in a way I never thought was possible. Uh, the way in which I get to interact with people daily. But looking back on <laughs> being in my, my time in ministry and, and leading a team and all of this stuff, you're like, I, I want to call people up and apologize almost. Like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know what I didn't know, you know? Um, obviously, there's grace for that. But there's a big part of me that wants to go like, oh, man, I really thought I was killing it, <laughs> you know, this whole time. And, and now you learn all this about yourself and you're going like, shoot, like, I wish I wish I could have done better. But, you know, you're doing the best that you can with what you've got. So That's right. That's right. There's a lot of pushback sometimes in the Christian community in churches that the Enneagram and obviously the symbol is not the most inappropriate diagram, but it brings about other things that are not Christian. So what would you say, being in ministry, how have you found the Enneagram to be helpful in knowing who God made us to be and just knowing us mm. as, as humans? That's a, I think for everybody that has the ties between Enneagram world and Jesus world, uh, has to struggle with this question, unfortunately. Uh, I think, and I mean, I won't speak for you, but on my side of things, I don't see them as that different. I see them as evidence of who Christ has made us to be. And so, you know, going through the gifts and going like, I get to bring the peace uh, into this world. And a really silly example, but um, a good one, is whenever I go out of town and um, my staff is, you know, doing their thing at work, when I come back into town, there's like a, a certain amount of gratitude that it's like, I'm so, we're so glad that you're back because now we can all like relax. Yep. Right. Yeah. And so the way I coach my clients is like the Enneagram is about bringing balance and restoration back into your life. Right. So if we're talking about triads uh, and me being a nine, like instead of only so solely relying on this gut instinct, anger, peace, like let's come back to the center, which is where, you know, we would say that, I mean, Jesus kind of hangs out in. Right. He's he's the balanced one that accesses all of the types he has access to all three of the triads you know all of this stuff he's in the center so let's figure out how to bring balance back to our worlds and that's what i think is part of the beauty of it and especially for christians like i know that there's a drawing that has the lines and the stuff and whatever and i know that it's I just, I, I, I don't want us to operate out of fear. I want us to operate out of wonder. I want us to operate out of love. I want to, you know, like, like not this scarcity mindset that we're going to be taken advantage of in some way. I think like God's big enough. Like he's got us. Absolutely. Um, let's, let's relax into the fact that I know that these are true things about me and I can choose to ignore them or I can learn from them and learning from them is always the better choice in my opinion. Absolutely. 
when I discovered my type as a four and my, my tri-type is a four, nine, it's possibly either five or six. I don't know which one reigns mm -hmm. supreme, even though I, my five wing is my strongest. Upon finding out my type and, and knowing like I was brought up in the church, born and raised, we never missed a Sunday unless I was like dying and that never happened. So we were like, we were always, <laughs> we were always there. Yeah, for sure. And knowing how I was interacting in my stress path a lot in college and trying to find myself mm -hmm. living as a very unhealthy too, but wanting to be creative and wanting there mm. to be peace in my life. It has really helped me understand that I was created with all of the mm. theories that are out there about where we come from. And I don't know if I walked into a room and I had all of these like Enneagram attributes like written on the wall and you could like take a sticky note down. I don't know if I would have picked the same that would have culminated who I am today. But just to know that there is God, there is someone out there who has saw all of this and has positioned each and every one of us here for a reason. It almost is awe-inspiring. And mm. as much as we are encouraged to seek after God, how much more then are we able to discover more about us and more who he created? So it almost is kind of like it goes hand in hand. If you want to learn about God, then you learn about his creation. A hundred percent. And then that's where I love what you said about balance. Like Jesus is at the center and we can all come to that place of knowing who he made us and then living, living freely from that point on. Mm -hmm. knowing that he's got us. I can't imagine. Yeah. Cause as you, as you learn more about yourself, you're able to give yourself more grace, more forgiveness, more time to figure it out. And then that just naturally goes yeah. out into the world. Like that's how you love others. Well. Um, and that's just the only thing that makes sense to me at this point. And, and, and who, who knows that that can change in the future. But right now, like that's what, um, seems to be the truth to me is like the more we learn about ourselves, the more we love our neighbor. Absolutely. And that seems to be the thing. What has been the most life changing thing about the Enneagram for you as a type nine? Hmm. So to realize that my, when I show up in the, in the world, in my world, here, when I wake up and I show up, life is better. So much of a nine's life is spent going like this. This is the thing that makes sense. Like if I just shrink myself, as long as you get what you want, then everything's good. When I was able to like grasp that, um, and this is the one of the things it took years was I hear what you're saying. Like I'm hearing the words, you know, your voice is important. Um, I just didn't understand it. Like it just was so foreign to me that I I didn't it didn't make any sense. I'm like I hear it and I know I should say things more. But then realizing like waking up and being present to your life, realizing that the hand that you the cards you were dealt are still your cards, but you get to choose how to play the hand. Mm, um that's good. Like you you don't just get to like passively have this thing happen like I, I no longer choose that and so when when a nine wakes up and goes like I don't have to just let life happen to me I get to be a part of this thing like it's beautiful it's incredible it's inspiring it's wonderful like all of those things are are absolutely fantastic and that I think to me is what well, definitely my favorite thing that I have learned about myself there's plenty of things but um that but then watching a like a watching a client or like a couple 
where there's a nine in the couple like wake up and realize like, oh, I'm I'm actually part of the problem here. My passivity is still a choice. Mm. I'm choosing not to live in this life right now. Man, it's 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 a big deal. It is such a big deal. Mm-hmm. What does it mean or how do you personify having your presence matter? You said your presence first has to matter to you. And obviously knowing mm-hmm. that your presence matters to God or else you wouldn't you wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like yeah. that already yeah. is a wonderful phrase, but kind of really hard to accept and kind of let totally. it sink in into your heart, depending on where you are and kind of how asleep you are to, to yourself. So how, let me ask, what does it look like being present and knowing that your presence mm. matters for you and then the, the people around you? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a big like proponent for just being as practical as you can every day. Um, so I always try to give clients like practical steps you do every day to show up for yourself in whatever, whatever type you're bringing to the table. Um, for myself personally, writing has been like a really big, um, help for me. Um, it's very simple, but realizing like I can just start to type and write the end of the day and realize the anger something I was upset about, uh, in the day that I just subconsciously was like, we're just going to move past that. Right. And so being able to do something simple like that allows me to not have all of it build up and then me explode later. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm able to, to process that stuff out in real time. So like being present to myself going like there's one. And then the second one was to be a, um, a witnesser of my life, meaning I'm able to step back, not in a negative disassociative way, but in like a, oh, like, um, I know this name's going to be controversial, but it's all right. There's a, a guy I listen to, his name's Rob Bell, every once in a while, and he had this great phrase, was follow, uh, follow the monster back to his cave. Mm. Meaning like, oh, there, there's that thing again let's investigate what's going on. Like there's, this is obviously something, there's a trigger here. Okay. So let's figure out what this means. Instead of going, I am this, I'm going, look, look at that. Oh, there it is. Let's figure out what that means. And to be able to do those two things for myself specifically has been, um, life changing. And so if, if you're a nine out there listening, like, I, I would encourage you to do it. I, I do it with all of my clients that are nines. That is so good. Can I do that as a four? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone <laughs> I can it. for sure. I, I love that. Um, even just this, this week and this season I'm in, I'm, I need to break out of the cycle of paralysis by analysis. Mm-hmm. And my podcast co-host Diane said, Hey, have you been writing? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I should, I should be more, but yeah. I'm not. And so there's just that, and again, typing is, I type a lot faster than I, than I write. I think everyone does. That is so good and so practical and so helpful of like just getting something out, even if it's a sentence yeah. or if you can fill a whole page or you, yeah. you start it, you come back, you don't even com- finish yeah. a complete thought. Just getting something out is probably one of the best therapies. Yeah. And it's, I, I wish it was like cooler or like fancier or more complicated or something it's just not like I have my I have a notion board where like I have a daily sheet that I go through every day and just having that kind of a structure of going like this is practically what I'm doing today instead of getting lost in the whatever's right in front of me yeah (laughs) you know that's so good shiny shiny uh what is it oh shiny syndrome yeah 
And it's harder when all of the things in life, even like what Jesus talked about, they were all simple. And I loved how, you know, the disciples are like, are you sure you can't like complicate this for us? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) When they ask questions like, did you mean what you, what you said you mean? God's like, yeah, really I, did. I really did. I wouldn't have said yep. it if I didn't didn't believe it. But there is something so true about even again bringing Jesus into the middle of the Enneagram. The the life that he presented was hard, yet it was practical, and it was all about putting others mm-hmm. first while knowing who who you are. And I think that that is a beautiful thing to know that the simple might confound us, but aren't we glad it's not more complicated? I sure am. <laughs> yeah. For sure. sure. For sure. So as a nine, what is your wing? A nine or, excuse me, a one or an eight? I definitely am a one wing, um, but I have learned, you know, moments where I'm like, okay, it's time for eight to show up and and get some stuff done. So can you paint a picture of how that works practically, knowing that the nine is the peacemaker, you don't like conflict, Mm -hmm. you avoid it at any and all costs. Mm -hmm. And your wing is the eight, which is the challenger, the boss, mm-hmm. that one who is not afraid of confrontation. Yeah. Not that they're looking to get into debates all the time, but they really excel at mm-hmm. it if they're put into that yeah. situation. So how does that play out for you? Yes. Um, well, I've told my staff um, who, you know, everyone on uh, at this, at here, like they all have to take the the Enneagram and they have to know, they don't have to like dive into it, but I need to know as the boss like, how do I communicate with you? How do I lead you well? Uh, but what I've also learned recently that I have to communicate to them is I know that you know that I'm a nine, but I'm not afraid of your conflict. I know that this conflict is helpful, yeah. right? And so that's where the eight really naturally steps in. But when um, <laughs> I had to I had to fire somebody like um, two years ago, and it happened to be a friend of mine, mm-hmm. And it was in our shop and just no one enjoyed them. And so I knew what I had to do. I knew it was right. And so I literally like had to like get big, physically big. You know, I went, you know, to my room or something and just got big so that I could get my energy up, you know, because the person I was firing was also an eight. Mm. Um, And so I knew what I was getting into. And so I, uh, I also cleared my schedule for like a, hour afterwards to That's take right. a nap. That's right. You need to take a nap. <laughs> so I did. I did. So I did the whole thing and, and and it went it went great for the most part. And then I did. I went home and I slept for like 45 minutes cuz it just it just drained me. Yeah. And I, there's part of me that for a little while that has wanted that to not be the case, but it just is. Like nines have the least emotional energy, eights have the most. So it's just like this it's this internal conflict and just kind of making peace with that like that's that's just the wiring that i'm i'm dealing with so let's be okay with it that's so good kind of i'm gonna make a far stretch here do it kind of like when the one with the inner critic there's there's language where if you can learn to walk hand in hand you're you're managing it okay Mm -hmm. and that is such again bringing back the word balance i feel like that's just the theme of this conversation of you can't have peace without conflict and vice versa. Maybe not Correct. vice versa. You have conflict. You don't want conflict. You want peace. I, I didn't think that before I said it. <laughs> but if you have conflict, maybe it ends in peace. That is correct. That is correct. Um, so we all want that. And there's there's that beauty of being able to face the world, knowing that peace is where you're coming from, but yet you're not afraid to mm. step in because that's almost a strength. People can look yeah. at that and be like, oh, my God, like 
the nine is just like so peaceful and all of a sudden they're yelling at me it's like that, mm-hmm. that's really hard for them to do they do not want to do that they want yeah. to just like sit around and kumbaya to whatever extent they feel yeah. that that is good for them but i want to say that that's so beautiful i never thought about you you can do both and you're equipped to do both absolutely it's just recognizing how to do that for you um but i like that there's a nap at the end i feel like that is yeah it's it's usually pretty necessary, but I was paid a, a, a compliment by one of my staff that actually this week, um, which was, um, they were like, when Brandon's on the phone, I never know if everything is fantastic, just okay, or somebody's on fire. Like, and I think, you know, what I heard from that was there is a, a quiet confidence in that and going, I, I can step into the role when I need to, but I don't need to do that. And I, I was like, you know, I, I took that as a compliment of going like, I can take something on. I don't need to have a major reaction, but I can figure out um, how to move forward and, and how to like, what's the next step without, you know, exploding, biting somebody's head off. But at the same time, speak directly and confidently, you know, and again, that's that balance piece. And I wish I was better at it. I wish I could say like it happens every time. But it doesn't. Like it just no. doesn't. I wish it did. No, but that's that's amazing because as a four, it's like there are emotions and we can't help but feel all of them. And so being able to—that's a great compliment. That's a gift because mm. you either explode or you walk away or you feel things or you just handle it like the boss that you are. You know, of just like <laughs> you've learned things, and that's so incredibly helpful. So, last question here: What would be your encouragement? For anyone who is interested in the Enneagram, whether diving in themselves, uh, bringing coaching alongside, waking up to themselves as that's Enneagram language for being aware yeah. of yeah. all the things that the Enneagram can, can teach you and, and help guide you with, what would be your encouragement for those folks? Ooh, man. If you're not like in the Enneagram world, um, I think it's something like 60%. I might I might botch this, uh, these numbers here, 60% or 80% of people think that they are self-aware, but 18% actually are. Um, it's something really drastic like that. And from a, let's talk about from a business standpoint, like if you wanted to go into a a workplace and be self-aware, like you'll get a job way easier than a lot of people, right? If you're in relationship, which Every single human is in relationship, right? You can learn how to communicate. You, you can learn how to receive information and realize when you are being fired up, when your anxiety is taking over, when um, the anger is spiking. Like you learn these things about yourself and then you get to respond in a way that's hopefully, not always, uh, kind and gracious um, and forgiving. Or it allows you to go like, hey, you know what? I need some space. I got I to gotta get away from this. And that's where I found myself to be like, really really pushing in right now it's just relationally like coaching couples is so much fun to me um my you know my parents split when I was in high school and so you know bringing my own story into it and going like man I know how much that sucked um being the oldest and doing all the things I needed to do since my parents were together so now I I take it you know uh, and, and take it to these other couples and go like you don't have to do this you know, it was a simple communication problem. We can like, we can write the ship. So if you're in relationship or you're married or you're about to get married, man, like I don't, there's really no reason to not 
jump into the Enneagram in any way like you see fit. Obviously, I would say find a coach somewhere that can help you talk it through because they can show you the mirror. If they're a good coach, they should be able to hold up the mirror and say like, well, here's what you're representing. Here's what you're representing. You know, let's talk honestly about this. If you're you're an individual and you like to like have an like a life that's full of joy and purpose and passion, like learn about yourself. <laughs> you know, like there's really not a downside to it. And if you are an Enneagram person or in the Enneagram world, you know all this. It's just, it's like 10 times better than you think it is once mm-hmm. you get to like learning about who you are and how you operate in the world and, and the lens through which you see. I love that. That's so good. Yeah, That is so, so good. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. I love type nines, type nines. Everyone loves type <laughs> nines, but I love type nines and everyone loves them. They're, That's they're right. just, We're the great. best. So much wisdom, so much. It's amazing to talk to someone who is self-aware. I think there is mm. such an such a light in that, and such an attentiveness to lean into what that person has to say. Because you're going to just glean yeah. so much from that, no matter where you are, kind of what yeah. you're going through. So I think it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. And even if you're a person that's like looking to be in relationship with others, like how much better is it when you're in relationship with somebody that is aware of themselves? And it's just honest and like, you know what? That made me feel this way. You're like, thank you for not making me have to guess <laughs> where we're at right now. Right. You know? Like, this is crazy. How much time so. we can save by directly totally. communicating, hey, I'm coming from this type, yada, yada. Absolutely. Here we go. Balance and saving time in relationships. That's what, that's what we're all about here. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you, uh, Brandon. Again, thank you so, so much for being here. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as, as, much as I did. Um, oh, for it's, sure. It's just been a, a, a gift to talk and to learn. Um, even more than I, I thought I could. My my capacity for understanding people, I think, has even grown through this process and we're just getting started. So I'm awesome. grateful. Thank you. Absolutely. Glad to do it. Hey, friends. Isn't Brandon the best? I had such a great conversation with him and I just love how our conversation centered around balance. And for those who are faith-based people, having Jesus be at the center of the Enneagram and kind of seeing how everything works together is really beautiful and offsets some criticism that can come into play with, should Jesus be a part of the Enneagram? Should Christians use it? All of that jazz. We narrow it down and it's about balance. So happy for that conversation. I cannot wait for next week where you get to meet my new friend, Danny. Um, That conversation was such a treat and I cannot wait for you to listen.